Okay, I'd like to uh, like to call the meeting back to order. Mr. Thompson, can you continue with your report? Thank you, Chair. Um, this past December, we had a major milestone met with the City of Santa Barbara's, or sorry, the City of Goleta's um, Butterfly Grove Development Plan approval. And just to remind the Commission, this is the culmination of countless hours of public community engagement events, input from the Commission, input from City Council members, um, technical experts, about a year and a half of research um, to basically outline what the city can do to help improve Elwood Mesa's Butterfly Grove, both on the habitat side, but also a lot of public um, access issues and um, education opportunities. So um, back in October, City Council approved the development plan, uh, and now city staff has submitted the uh, coastal development permit application, and that sets us up for construction and uh, acres of habitat restoration and this calendar year, a uh, major milestone. So just anticipate that in the coming months, we'll be hosting community weeding days, community planting days, um, and you'll begin to see the transformation of the butterfly grow back to its former glory. Um, in a similar vein, we also uh, met a major milestone with the Elwood Neighborhood's Hazardous Fuels Reduction Project. And this is the project that's associated with the Butterfly Grove, but has benefits uh, for the adjacent neighborhood in reducing fire risk. And so it was actually up in Santa Cruz last month for the Coastal Commission meeting. They approved our coastal development permit for 78 acres of fuels reduction. And fuels, in this case, is mostly dead eucalyptus that died mm. during the drought. Um, and so this permit is uh, the first major step to starting work out there to reduce that fuel load. Of course, that's going to have benefits for public safety, for recreational users, benefits to the monarch butterfly. And then we cannot, of course, forget benefits to the adjacent neighborhoods. There's about 2,500 homes um, that potentially be affected if there was a catastrophic wildfire there. Um, again, to give the uh, commission a heads up, anticipate that in March, April, we'll begin to see major work there. Once the butterflies have left, we'll have upwards of 30 to 60 uh, contractors working in the grove, um, plus teams of biologists doing monitoring to make sure that we're not impacting nesting birds and other sensitive resources. So. Um, city staff are busy uh, finalizing our communications plan, making sure all the neighbors know when stuff is happening, and of course all of our uh, recreational users as well. So really just a, a major uh, milestone met for Elwood. <clears throat> and then uh, a really fun event that we hosted this year. I know uh, quite a few of the commissioners attended. We had the Stowe Grove tree planting community event and are looking forward to many more of these in the, in the coming months and years. Uh, that event was great in that it was really the, the first time that uh, the division has hosted a large scale tree planting. Uh, we planted 100 trees and happy to report we have 100% survival, not just survival, but uh, thriving. We've seen a lot of new growth on those, on those trees and they're really looking great. Next slide, please. 
I'll turn it back to Ms. Plummer for this next one. Okay. So Mr. Thompson and I are going to tag team. And so we'll, you'll hear each, our, each of our voices as our uh, area comes up. So um, some of our program highlights over the past year, a big one that I'm extremely thankful for is uh, we were able to take our Parks and Recreation Management Assistant position from a part-time to a full-time position. Um, so this was extremely exciting. It was actually um, approved at the end of 2022, um, but because we were short in our office with staff, we had to go through a recruitment process uh, to fill the position that Mr. Mendoza Diaz had before, and then he was able to come back to us this summer. And I, you haven't been able to get the smile off my face. <laughs> And then um, going back to the Parks and Open Space Division, we had a huge influx of new hires, um, which really backfilled uh, either vacant positions or newly established positions. And they run the gamut from uh, our new uh, Parks and Open Space Maintenance Supervisor, Andrew Rex, who oversees our daily operations out in uh, our parks. Um, previously, I was doing that as well as um, program management and, and capital project management. So it's been a huge relief um, for me and for the division and the city as a whole. It means that we're now visually seeing a much higher level of park uh, uh, maintenance in everything from our turf fields, recreational amenities, and then really gearing up for the new facilities that are coming along that uh, Ms. Plummer is delivering to the city, including the splash pad, uh, new playgrounds. And so we now have the staffing in place to ensure that those facilities are, are main, managed and maintained well. We also have a, a new management analyst in the division. Uh, her name is Mackenzie Christie. Um, she's been great so far and um, trying not to overload her with too many projects, but um, the management analyst position is key for the division in that it's a professional staff that's able to do project management. And so when we look at projects like Elwood Mesa, um, we have several vertical beach access um, improvements that are gonna be coming online next year. We have improvements to the urban forest. Um, these are projects that uh, Mackenzie Christie is going to be able to assist or, in some cases, take the lead. And we'll be seeing the fruits of those labors uh, in the coming year. We also have two new maintenance workers um, that are key to improving our, our facilities and offerings in our parks uh, space. So we have uh, Cesar Rios that was hired this year. I'm really fortunate to, to have him come on board. And then next Tuesday, we have a new hire starting as well. So I know that's not 2023, but uh, his hiring process started last last year. Um, so very fortunate to have those new team members join our, our group. And then as the commission's aware, um, the city of Goleta assumed management of the Goleta Community Center on January 1st of 2023. And we were able to access the facility for a few months prior to the construction beginning. And then at the end of January, or maybe the first part of February, uh, we hosted our very first senior expo, which was a huge success, and we are really excited. We're actually planning one uh, for this spring, so I'm um, real excited about that, and um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, in addition, the commission did the review and provided um, recommendations for the city grant application funding 
That was a first for our commission this year. And it was, um, I appreciate all the effort and energy that the commission put into that process as we were moving forward. <clears throat> and then the commission also reviewed the need for a reservation process for recreation amenities and park spaces and supported that uh, recommendation. It, that item did go to city council. Council did support that. The one area that we need to come back to the commission on, which we said when we brought it to you the first time, which is scheduled for March of this year, is exactly what that reservation process would look like for fields. Um, we wanted to make sure both the commission and the council echoed that there's um, equity for our residents that just want to drop in as well as, as for those residents that want to reserve the space. So making sure that, sure that that's a fair um, process. And then, um, so that'll be coming back to you in March, so get ready for that. And then the Goleta Community Center Garden Policies and Procedures, we fine-tuned those in 2023 and took them to council and they adopted them. Um, we have had those um, policies and procedures translated into Spanish and we are planning on releasing that information to the public this month and opening up that application process for the very first um, community garden plots. Um, as well, along with the community garden, I wanted to share uh, that we are working very closely and we have an MOU actually in review with legal right now uh, to work with the master gardeners from UCSB to host uh, workshops and clinics um, that are garden related at the garden. And we're um, evaluating the idea of having a demonstration plot there as well so that they could teach hands on. And then a few other program highlights. Um, there were so many we couldn't fit them on one slide. Um, July is our nas National Parks and Recreation Month. And again, once again, we filled it full of free workshops and clinics. That effort was led by Mr. Mendoza-Diaz. Um, so if you do have ideas or suggestions for this July, because we'll be celebrating again, uh, please share those uh, with myself or Mr. Mendoza-Diaz. Um, the Food Bank of Santa Barbara County and other services for seniors were held at the community center. The Food Bank is a really big one, especially for our senior population, because a few years ago, um, it was during COVID that it went away, the nutrition program, the senior nutrition program throughout our county um, dissolved. And there was talk of a few other organizations bringing that back up. And what that is is a, um, a federally supported nutrition program for seniors and it is there's a very low to no fee and it's based on income and a lot of seniors really need that not just for the nutrition element but also for the social element um, so that program has totally gone away um, so did the brown bag program as well um, especially from that center so we were able to work with the food bank to bring in that program a, a um, grocery program for the seniors and they come every other month and they, or I'm sorry, every other week, twice a month. And then we also were able to incorporate another day for the residents that the food bank comes. And I believe that's every other, every other Saturday um, at the community center as well in the back parking lot. So uh, real exciting. We have offered a minor menu of offerings for the seniors, a lot of opportunity for social and gathering. We offer pickleball, we offer chair yoga, line dancing, we had the senior band and the gazebo playing every Thursday. So we're excited to be in the building, uh, especially because the weather's warmer uh, inside than it is outside some of these days and really um, pump up that program in the, in the coming months. 
Um, the Little Lending Library in Berkeley Park, the commission approved last year, and I'm happy to report that um, by this weekend you should see that completely installed. The post has been installed, and we're um, they're coming back, I believe, tomorrow to do the rest of the installation. Um, Mr. Mendoza-Diaz is out on site um, being present during that, that process to make sure that everything goes according to plan. Um, the policies and procedures for the Goleta Community Center has, have come, as well as the rental process, has come before the commission. With your input and comments, we were able to take that to the city council in December, and that was as well approved. Uh, we are getting ready to release all that information, get it all posted up on our website now, and we're working, um, the translation has been complete, and we're reviewing that translation now. And then the recreation facility booking software vendor we are in contract with, and now our, we actually have our kickoff meeting with the vendor tomorrow where we're going to be able to get all of our, what they're going to do, what we're going to do, and we can get started setting up our system. So we're hoping that by this summer when people want to book a park, they can just do it themselves online. Um, and this was a huge undertaking started in July. It only took 24 years for us to join the 21st century yeah. on takes reservations takes. right, right. <laughs> um, but we're also hoping that this uh, software will help not just with our picnic rentals with the other rentals we want to do in our parks our facility rentals at the community center um, we can track our volunteer service hours um, we can track our adopt track our adopt a park volunteers um, and uh, it just has the ability to do so much more track our seniors in the programs um, so we're very very excited about that and then the many Stowe Grove Park community workshops for the master plan, I think in 2023 was our last one, last January, um, but that was just a huge, uh, just a huge undertaking and I really appreciate the commission's support uh, for the project in general as well as your support coming out to those meetings. Mr. Thompson? Yeah, did, did want to mention um, a lot of the work that has been happening behind the scenes as it relates to homelessness and encampments, we see um, really the, the visual impact and the, the human impact uh, in our open spaces and parks and public right-of-ways. And so just wanna highlight the work that we've been doing this past year. It's been a, a multi-agency effort um, and the great thing about it, uh, Mr. Valdez and I are in Monday morning meetings with the team um, the level of commitment and care that is shown, um, I think, needs to be highlighted and, and celebrated. Um, the work's not done, of course. It's ongoing, but just wanted to make sure that the commission is aware that this is a, a big effort for the city. Yeah, and I would just add, it's you know, the, the city historically and continues to do so is very human-centric in this topic. It's easy to see uh, something and say, oh, that's trash, or this is you know, what a mess. And, you know, oftentimes people don't understand that that's, you know, someone's life right there, you know, in, in very plain terms. And so uh, it's important for us to, to be delicate and, you know, sensitive, but also, you know, make sure we're keeping the community safe. Um, so there's a lot of kind of nuance that goes into it. And I just wanted to, you know, recognize George and his team for being so responsive and our, you know, folks at the sheriff's office, the county, um, and then even our outreach workers. It really takes a lot of time. We'll provide nectar during the winter and early spring months. And so uh, to summarize, milkweed is not important during this life cycle during the winter months. Um, nectar is. So for those of you that are watching at home that are asking yourselves, what can we do to help monarchs? We can show up to our community weeding days, planting events, 
and at your own home, plant some natives that have flowers during the winter. Okay. Thank you. I was just going to add, um, the city does have a website. If you type in, just Google, I think it's uh, Galita Monarch Grove. One of the first links will come up is a city website that has the most recent counts on it. So if you really want to go back and look historically, I think it goes back to 2015, 2016. Uh, it's helpful. Um, and it's just a really nice way of kind of, especially with uh, folks that are learning about it, to get a sense of uh, scale. Um, I think historically kind of the highs were in the six figures, like 100,000 plus range. And so when Mr. Thompson said 26,000, that is by far the biggest number we've had in the last, I think, four years. Um, so anyways, um, just something might be kind of fun for uh, folks to look at. Okay. Are there any other commissioner comments to the presentation that was given? Seeing none, um, thank you for that presentation. It was very informative and oftentimes um, you don't think about the cumulative effects of the work that staff does, but in review, it's very, very impressive. Um, I forgot to ask for, uh, are there any public comments? If there are any members of the public wishing to speak on this item, please use the raise hand icon and I can call on you shortly. And there are currently no hands raised. Okay, thank you. As this was a presentation, no vote is required, and we can move on to the next item. Ms. Plummer, can you lead us in the discussion of the next item? Thank you, Chair Jenkins and members of the commission. So we have one discussion action item for you this evening, and that is uh, to select a committee member um, that would sit on a committee for a playground vendor selection. Um, so what are next steps in this process of actually getting to construction at Stowe Grove Park is to select a vendor to create the construction documents. That vendor will need to select a playground vendor to uh, work with them to help design that playground. Um, there will be public outreach. This is the city's first, we're full of firsts, man. This is the city's first universal playground, and there's a lot of very interested individuals um, who want to be involved in uh, selecting the types of equipment and, and so forth. So we're looking for a vendor that could help us with that. And so our process would be that we would release a request for proposals um, for vendors to submit some designs, um, probably like two different designs with the space. And then they'll submit those designs and this committee will take a look at those designs and select the ones we like. And then those that we like, we would bring into the top three or four, depending how the numbers land, bring in for interviews. And we would interview those vendors and then um, select one that we want to move forward with. And as we move forward with them, then we would look at um, creating what we want. So we're not selecting the equipment, we're selecting the vendor. And then there will be a public process to do uh, the uh, types of equipment that we want to make sure that we have at that park. 
Um, right now at all of our parks, we try to do something a little bit different, so not all of our parks are the same. This one is unique because it's a universal playground, and that's um, not just for individuals with physical disabilities, but also whether it's an emotional or uh, physical disabilities, we don't always think about like maybe a, a hearing or a visual impairment versus just maybe a mobility impairment. So we have a few members of the public that have been working with us, and we'll continue to work with them. They're experts in this field, and as well as um, public work staff to include Mr. Thompson, and um, then also Parks and Recreation staff, and so uh, it's exciting time. And then to try to save costs, we will be working on trying to purchase that equipment in advance uh, so that we can save costs, and then the contractor would just do the install. And how many meetings? 37 and a half. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, it's just, it really, uh, Chair Jenkins, uh, to be honest, I, I don't know. Um, we would have at minimum one day to look at all the submittals, but we might want a couple days to look at those submittals. Uh, we might have so many submittals, we wanna bring in some kids or some other people. Um, it'll, all, it'll, it'll all depend on how many we get. So the last time we did this, we had about nine different vendors uh, provide drawings for us. And then it was really easy to narrow that down, but we just brought in some kids and moms and let them narrow it down for us. Okay. And then we did the interviews. And so, um, and that's, we think that's the fairest way to do this. We've been using the same vendor for a, a few of our parks and um, it would be, it makes more sense for us to do this competitive process, uh, especially for such a specialty project because there are some vendors that really specialize in universal playgrounds. Okay. So we're only looking for one member so um, if we are looking at, we'll do the, the selection for the interviews and then the interviews themselves. And we, and sometimes when we select a vendor, we have to do a second interview if we really can't break that tie. And then that will be the end of it after that selection. And then we'll bring um, that person on board or that vendor on board. Is there any commissioner that is interested in <laughs> okay, <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Any others? Okay. I won't bite if anyone else is interested. <laughs> okay. Well, um, let's give you a chance to do it. <laughs> uh, should we do a formal motion? We do yes. need a formal motion with a second. Okay. Um, entertain a, a motion I move that we um, accept Commissioner Freria as the uh, commissioner for this committee is there a second I second that okay. any discussion um, Mr. Mendoza can you can conduct a roll call of course and I would like to remind everyone to please lock in their vote on the little screen, Commissioner Furia. Yes. Commissioner Filibosian. Well, considering she's jumping out of her seat to nominate herself, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, Commissioner Replicable Purinton. Yes. Commissioner Williams. Yes, and thank you. Vice Chair Walton. Yes. Chair Jenkins. Yes. Wow. Right. <laughs> Motion passes. Your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> We've been <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Um, okay. Thank you, Ms. Plummer. Thank you, and Commissioner Furia will be in touch uh, with you to let you 
know our, our status. Um, and that's that's all I have for you this evening, Chair Jenkins and members okay. of the commission. Okay. Um, thank you again. Mr. Mendoza, are there any members of the public who would like to speak? No, we already did that. No, we did not actually take public comment. We didn't take any public comment. Well, let's ask for public comment if there's any public comment. If there are any members of the public wishing to speak on this item, please use the raise hand icon and I can call on you shortly. And we have no hands raised. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, are there any uh, commissioner comments? This is a chance for the commission to make a comment or share information, but cannot respond to the contents on questions because the items are not agendized. Oh, yeah. Commissioner Williams. Thank you. Just a few brief comments. First of all, I want to underscore what Mr. Valdez said earlier and thank the entire staff for a fabulous year last year for a very exciting year in front of us and um, really express our great appreciation as well as our, you know, understanding of the amount of work it represents and um, the amount of excellent community engagement, uh, the amount of thoughtfulness, um, the amount of anxiety that's sometimes associated with things out of control, but um, the amount of professionalism that you've exhibited throughout all of you. So thank you so much. I do want to just elaborate a smidge on what Mr. Thompson said and share with the commission and the public um, <clears throat> the discovery of the large number, <laughs> relatively, of monarchs at, um, at Lake Los Caneros and, and just share a story, which I think the commission will enjoy. Well, my husband and I went to look at the monarchs at Elwood, and uh, I assume most of you have done so already, but please go. And I was thrilled knowing that oftentimes they leave when there's storms that they're still there. Um, and we were, I was talking to people, as we're supposed to do as commissioners, uh, who were there and say, where are you from, you know, to get a sense of the people there. Were they from the area? Were they from, some were from Northern California, some were from Southern California but a lot, of course, from the area. And I started talking with this one woman who shared that she had just seen, um, uh, she and her husband had just seen a lot of monarchs at Lake Los Caneros. And I went, really, really, where? <laughs> and so, you know, trying to ascertain that, my husband and I then went dashing off to Lake Los Caneros. Luckily, there was also a monarch expert there, and the three uh -huh. of us stayed in contact, and the monarch expert said, how would you like to go uh, show up at 7 o'clock tomorrow morning and count monarchs. <laughs> and so we all showed up at 7 o'clock, and we counted the monarchs, which is great fun. I recommend that uh, to all of you, and sent a report in to Mr. Thompson. But just, um, you know, the joy of filling one of our responsibilities as a commissioner and talking to people, doing community outreach, and, and the things you can discover, and then the responsiveness of uh, Mr. Thompson and others once we made that uh, robust discovery. So um, I just thought it would be fun to share that with you and look forward to Commissioner sharing similar stories as we go forward because it's, uh, it's a great joint effort to um, 
to support our uh, parks and recreation in this amazing community. It is. Commissioner Walton. Yes, I have actually more of a question, and uh, forgive me if I've been told this, I just don't remember. Uh, in regards to the gentleman, our neighbor who came up and um, you know took time out of his day to make that, uh, bring that to our attention, um, what is the procedure for addressing that? I know that it's not on the agenda, so we could not ask questions or that sort of thing, but um, moving forward, like um, because he did indicate that he will be here, <laughs> um, you know, this is very important to him. So how do we get it on the agenda so that we can ask questions and address that? Yeah, so there's a couple ways we could, uh, at the next time we have a, an agenda meeting, a pre-agenda meeting to talk about whether or not um, we would add that. Um, we can discuss some of that there in terms of what, how we've responded in the past. Um, you know, without getting into too much detail, we haven't had anyone else come and complain. So um, I think like everything, we, we would evaluate uh, what the request is and uh, consider what the appropriate action might be. But that's probably best settled to uh, to discuss at our next agenda meeting. And uh, if we decide we want to do it, um, bring an item or not bring an item, we can discuss that there. Thank you. I, I also wanted to echo on Mr. Valdez's comments that um, we may have shared with the commission in the past that we do have a <clears throat> an improved capital improvement project on the five-year CIP list. And that project is um, the possible conversion of at least one tennis court at um, three different locations in Goleta at city parks that have tennis courts. Each, that project has not yet been started due to staff capacity, but each of those parks, um, before we did a permanent change like that, would each receive um, a lot of neighborhood engagement. So that is a project that we have um, for Evergreen Park, Berkeley Park, and um, the Stowe Open Space, is that what it's called? Um, Stowe Canyon Open Space. So each of those courts, we're not saying that we are converting those. Uh, we're saying that it is slated to have that neighbor and community discussion. And each of those neighborhoods are very different. So each one will be treated as three separate projects, even though it's one project. If the project moved forward, it would move to uh, one court remaining as tennis courts with any improvements that the budget could afford, as well as adding fencing between the two courts and converting one to permanent pickleball play, which would include either two or, th or three courts, possibly, depending on the size. Um, so we have some preliminary numbers that we got a while ago, and uh, we are also actively looking at noise mitigation. It's um, You can open any parks and recreation um, publication, and you'll see that it, it is a challenge in a lot of areas. Um, at uh, the community center, I think when we went through that process, you heard from a couple neighbors. Um, we are still, we have some mitigations in place and we're still continuing to look for other mitigations. Um, the Evergreen Park um, has a great windscreen on it. Um, we've had one resident in that neighborhood come forward and then um, that's the only, oh, and then we have a, a court at Johnny Wallace Park and we have received no complaints at Johnny Wallace Park. Um, so those are our three pickleball court areas right now. The ones at Evergreen are temporary courts. Uh, they have permanent lines, but you, you would set up a, a temporary net to go out there and play. Um, so any permanent conversion would have extensive um, public outreach process. And so right now that project is an approved project to start and, and go into each of those neighborhoods, we just currently don't have staff capacity to take that on, neither myself nor Mr. Thompson and his division. So um, we also were trying to add 
self-locking gates so that people can't be in the courts at the end of the night and a, a few other improvements that would help our maintenance um, team. So That's just really to let you know that those are, those are coming up. Okay. And, and just one last question. In general, is the uh, volume of a tennis court as loud or louder than a pickleball, or is a pickleball court definitely louder than a tennis court? A tennis ball <laughs> is has a softer uh, surface to it. A pickleball is um, a hard plastic. As well, the paddle to a tennis ball is a meshed plastic. Mm -hmm. The pickleball paddle is um, a different material, but it's a solid material. So it is, it is louder. And when we attended the last conference last year, when we went into the expo, we just went up and down every aisle looking for anybody that had something brand new in pickleball, and there was nothing out there. So it's either something's like right on the cusp, but I, I just read a pickleball article that actually indicated that the pickleball industry is really focusing on how they can manipulate the paddles and the balls and the court surfacing. So um, I don't know if they've given up on something <laughs> to put on the fencing or something, but we're... Um, we're still looking into it, and we're uh, we're open to lots of different ideas and suggestions, and and we do take every concern seriously, and and look at it from all different angles. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Are there any other commissioner comments or questions? Chair uh, Jenkins, um, I just wanted to add, and I apologize, um, but the next meeting we have in March, we will be voting on our chair and vice chair. So I wanted to share with the commission members now to give you time to think about it instead of just getting your packet and only having a few days. So that is an item uh, that is on our March agenda. Okay. Thank you. So seeing no other comments, um, our next Park and Recreation Commission meeting is uh, March the 13th at 6 here at the City Hall. Entertain a motion to adjourn. I move to adjourn. I'll second the motion. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay. Meeting adjourned. Thank you. Thank you.